Great companies are all about the people. Good people become great leaders, mentors for work and life. Welcome to Learnings from Leaders, the PNG Alumni Podcast. I'm Andrew Tarvin, humor engineer. And I'm Roman Segel, recovering marketer. Andrew and I both got our start at PNG, the Procter & Gamble company, where we both had the opportunity to work with some amazing people. And as you may know, many leaders across industries got their start at PNG. In this series, through conversations with fellow PNG alums, we hope to go deeper with the leaders you already know but want to know more about, how they got their start, how they make it work, and what keeps them going. It's kind of like bringing a microphone to a cup of coffee, or in my case, hot chocolate. On today's show, we're talking to each other. Hey, Drew. Hey, Roman. How's it going? Ah, oh, you know, just living it up in Panama. <laughs> Do you wake up like every morning and sing that awesome Van Halen song? Oh, every morning, like Panama. Yeah, it's actually the national anthem here. Really? Uh, not at all. <sighs> oh, man, I miss you. It's been forever since we've had one of these pre-show intro chats. I mean, dude, it's only been like four months. Well, that is a lot, considering we've been doing this podcast for a year. Ooh, a year. Wow, that is a lot of learnings from leaders. That is such a great podcast name. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, are we doing another year in review episode? Didn't we do like four of them? Yeah, we did. And if you haven't listened to them, you totally should go listen to those because they're awesome. But actually, later on in this episode, we're going to share previews of upcoming PNG alumni leaders who are going to be on our show this year. Yeah, and I've been blown away by some of the guests we've got so far for year two. Yeah, we're going to be hearing from leaders at Diageo, Cody, Papa John's, Danone, the PGA Tour, and The Gap. Not to mention Google, GSK, Kroger, Chipotle, the NBA, Arby's, and 3M. We're even going to hear from some of P&G's biggest leaders from over the years. But actually, Drew, I wanted to start with something else. Uh, what's that? The future, Drew. The future, Roman? Okay. Before we go off on an obscure late 90s Conan O'Brien rant. <laughs> Who's not a PNG alumni. But he did go to Harvard. Hey, uh, speaking of which, we got a shout out in the Harvard Business Review. Well, the podcast did, not you and me. But Harvard, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I hear it's kind of like the OSU of the Northeast. Roll Tide? I mean, Conan's hair is pretty much crimson. <laughs> Anyhow. So I think it goes without saying that the PNG alumni podcast has gotten a serious upgrade. I mean, the bar was kind of low, Roman. Hey, that's my strategy. Bringing down expectations. It's what I do best. <laughs> Wait, isn't setting expectation and then intentionally over-delivering them? Isn't that called sandbagging? <laughs> Welcome to every strategy I had as a young digital marketer, which I have shamelessly chosen to search and reapply for this podcast. So we figured that for our one-year anniversary of the show, we'd get to know our host a little bit more. We promise that there will be plenty of learnings from leaders. That is such a great podcast name. <laughs> <laughs> so Drew, let's get to know you a little more. One of my favorite questions to ask many of our guests is, what was your first job? Uh, my first job was working at Meyer, basically like a mix between a Walmart and a Target. It's like a grocery store plus everything else. And I worked pushing carts uh, and as a cashier. But I also knew pretty early on, even at that stage, that I wanted a job at Procter & Gamble. Growing up in Cincinnati, their global headquarters, it's like the place to go to be, I think. And so I thought it'd be an ideal place to work. And I know that that level of love and knowledge of PNG isn't true for all of us. <clears throat> Roman? Hey, hey, hey. I love PNG. Uh, some of my best friends I met there, but 
I grew up in Alabama, never heard of PNG. You know, I kind of worked my way through college doing graphic design and digital marketing stuff for travel money. And so in business school, when Procter & Gamble showed up on the interview sheet, I thought I was interviewing at a law firm. So I don't know, man, <laughs> but best law firm I ever went to work for. <laughs> my marketing acumen was, was budding even back then. Uh, but, you know, the one thing that unites just about every voice on this podcast is that we did get our start at Procter & Gamble, and I'm sure we've all picked up a few learnings along the way. Certainly. For myself, I started in IDS, or I guess what is now and formerly was IT, and I remember my first week on the job, I got some of the best career advice still to this date I've ever received, and that was that it was better to beg for forgiveness than it was to ask for permission. And I know it's kind of cliche advice now, but fresh out of college, it gave me empowerment and ownership over my career. And ultimately, it was one of the pieces of advice that led me to proclaiming myself the corporate humorist of PNG and blogging internally about humor in the workplace, which then planted the seeds for my business now. Yeah, that sentiment about choosing to ask for forgiveness versus permission is one that stuck with me through a lot of my career. But I also like to pair that learning with the importance of purpose, values, and principles, something we looked for at PNG and would continuously see demonstrated every day while we were there. And it's something we hear from a lot of our guests. Another learning I got from so many mentors and managers over the years was to focus on the work and the people, not the assignment and the promotion. Honestly, it's led to many of my personal professional decisions in and out of the company, including this podcast. Not at all. But this podcast isn't just about PNG and the valuable lessons we got there. I think you mean to say learnings. From leaders. That is such a great podcast name. <laughs> but I want to dig into the name of our podcast. We get a lot of emails from folks, including reporters and prominent execs, who want to correct that extra S from learnings to learning. But when Drew and I were at P&G in the early 2000s, learnings, plural, was very much a term that got used, even though it's not a real word. I'm pretty sure somewhere in the late 90s, all the young whippersnappers at the company decided to start making up words. Let's be clear. We were pretty much making up our own language by the time we left Procter & Gamble. Oh, yeah, that world-famous law firm? It never fails, but I hate you so much right now, Drew. <laughs> I feel like we all have a mishap or failure story, right? It's one of the questions I actually love about asking of our guests on the show, because it often leading to what leads to a good lesson. What about you? Do you have any of your own learnings of when things didn't exactly go the way you wanted them to? I've certainly had my fair share of failure, although I've always considered failure to just be data. If you think about it, right, it's a way to improve. But maybe a, a more recent one was more recently, in the past four or five years, I've started to do more international speaking and training. And I remember being in Malaysia. I was in Singapore for some training work, decided to go to Malaysia and do stand-up while there. And uh, I was at a, a comedy club and I didn't do much research about it. And it was just like, I went in, I did a bunch of material that had worked in Europe where I was like, oh, it's going to be kind of the same. It's international audience. It'll be, you know, the same thing. And I did not do well at all. And, and to be perfect, like to be perfectly honest, at first I thought it was just like a quiet audience. I thought, you know, just maybe culturally, this is a group that doesn't laugh out loud a lot. Like maybe I'm really crushing it, but they're, you know, not expressing it. Uh, so I kind of assumed that as I walked off a stage and then the person after me, like just slayed, like crushed it. Like the audience was loving. It, it was like, you know, Chris Rock met Ali Wong met, you know, like all the best comedians in the world. If they had come together, it was like this person for this one particular moment. And the audience absolutely ate it up. 
But it was one of those humbling lessons again, where it's like, no, you've got it. Like I needed to do my research. It was my, my first time doing comedy in that particular region. And I hadn't done enough to learn what are the things that they care about? What are the references that they're going to actually get and understand? And it really forced me to, to really think about the audience and, and broaden my horizons in terms of who I was speaking to. You know, that raises a really good point about cultural understanding, which is honestly why we try to have a lot of diverse guests on our podcast. And sometimes we get to go deep on some of those very uncomfortable questions, which is actually something I do all the time on another podcast of mine, Modern Minorities. But I feel conversations on diversity, equity, and inclusion need to be had now more than ever. And so I'm really thankful to so many of the alumni executives on this podcast for sharing their candid takes and what they've experienced throughout their career. Honestly, it's one of the things that has stood out to me from the past year. You know, in the midst of this pandemic, we've seen this historic push for equity, which has forced me in a good way to have to learn what it means to be an anti-racist, right? That is not good enough just to be not a racist, but you have to be anti-racist. And that's one of the messages that we've heard from a number of our guests and different ways of how we can actually do that. One of the good things about this podcast, for everyone who listens to podcasts, and I guess you're listening to it right now, you're kind of in your own world hearing really interesting people talking to you. It's a much more intimate experience. And even though podcasts were very much a young person's game, you know, all of us were listening to podcasts while walking around the city or on our commute, and we're not commuting anymore. So the irony is now, whether you're young or old, so many of us are finding ourselves taking long walks all the time. And as we mentioned, we've got some great guests coming up on the pod in year two. That's right. Here's a quick preview. Get really challenged all my senses. I didn't speak any of the languages. I did a lot of learning with my eyes. Being an outsider was a huge advantage. The old P&G would start with a briefing book, meet in the conference room, we flipped it. We started in the store, went into the homes, watched consumers in different countries actually doing the task using our product. And I learned most cannot tell you what they do. When we could get a real insight about an unmet need, when we understand what it is that she or he really wants. It was amazing what we could do. As you get farther along in your career, you start to really hone in on what am I truly good at above and beyond. What I found with myself is I'm a good marketer, but I'm a great chief development officer. And if I really wanted to be a chief on the pace that I wanted to, I needed to pivot my career. And that's something I would have never thought at the beginning of my career. But things change, you find out more and more what those top strengths are and learn to make what you're really, really good at your superpower and embrace that. Sports can transcend promoting health and wellness, education, and economic growth. We've seen so many around the world learn these life lessons of hard work and perseverance. And they, what we believe is that basketball, because of the global nature and the reach, the game that's played around the world by boys and girls, it teaches you teamwork, it teaches you respect, it teaches you all those wonderful life lessons. There's this opportunity and obligation to focus on these other benefits that basketball can bring around the world. 
focus on controlling what you can control. As soon as you frame it that way, it really changes how you interact with the world. A really practical example is traffic. The most common reason people give for being late to a meeting, but I'm attributing the responsibility for being late to an external factor that I had no control over. You allow yourself to become a victim, but if you reframed it, given the traffic is typically bad at rush hour, I didn't leave enough time to get here. And in doing that, you've taken personal responsibility for anticipating, planning, and thinking through the choice you do have control over, the things that you can do differently. When I started the startup, I was very sure of one thing, that even if this doesn't work, the worst that can happen is that I'm going to be transformed completely. That's the worst case scenario, which is a scenario that you should always pick. And I had no qualms at all about leaving the job, right? So Discovery CEO, very comfortable, very settled, great job, very high paying. The fact was that I looked at it and I said, two years more of doing the Discovery CEO versus two years of trying to build a tech company without knowing tech at all. I'm going to transform in that act of building a tech company, right? And I think that would be the worst thing that can happen out of this whole thing. So I was like, okay, that's a no-brainer choice. But I think that feeling that you're going to get transformed by this act of creation, even if it doesn't achieve conventional success, I would say entrepreneurs have that feeling. My experience is that when you're the only one or just a few female at the table, it's tougher for our voice to be listened to fully for what our thinking entails. Imagine this room with multiple baritones and there's only one soprano. And so many times this soprano voice is being interrupted while she's speaking and ideas are good, the arguments are valid, but a few are not really listening because unconsciously my voice or a woman's voice tends to be heard by senior men more like their wives or their daughter's voice and not like their professional colleague or their peer. And this is a very hard obstacle to overcome because it's unconscious, even for deep allies of gender equality. Things are changing so rapidly in the business world. The key is going to be learning aptitude, flexibility, and agility. There's going to be problems that we don't even know exist yet that are going to have to be solved with technologies that haven't been invented yet. And we need leaders that are flexible enough to be able to change directions. It's really about finding people that have that kind of agility and aptitude that they can run two challenges instead of run away from them. That's the kind of people you want to build relationships with and work with. This is a time when courage is very much required. All leaders need to be stepping back and thinking about what's good and right for the company and the business over time. What is right for the employees once we're going to have to deliver any strategy. Clarity of strategy is great, but culture and organizational talent are what's going to make the difference. And then leading with integrity and humility in a way that conveys the authenticity that allows people to follow in the right direction. And that's not about divisiveness. That's about clarity and unity and doing what's right. Seek out experiences and not titles. When you get into the corporate world, you measure yourself based on those milestones and those moments. You don't tend to think about all the great experiences that you've collected. I could not tell you when I was promoted or what title I received, but I can tell you about the projects I worked on. And I can tell you about the people that I worked alongside. Just focus on the experience and making sure the experiences you're collecting are ones that you want to collect and they're tied to your overall mission and your own personal purpose, because that's what you're going to get the most value from at the end of the day. We're at a unique moment in history where we all have an opportunity to rethink how we move forward. It's exactly in these moments of crisis that we all need to have courage to dream big about how things should work, not just about how things do work. We're at a tipping point. The World Economic Forum says 50% of us are going to need to learn new skills by 2025. 
We know that to make this kind of change, we cannot do this alone. Leaders everywhere are realizing technology is here to help, but also you need to have a vision of how everybody wins and how everyone can take part. It always started with the consumer. What's going to make a difference to the consumer? And then you go to work on it. Let's come up with technologies that will make a difference. Technical people really challenging themselves to develop technologies that would make a difference. Honestly, if you could describe something to a proctor technologist of what you needed to get to, it could be done. Proctor could and did. Entrepreneurship is this ability to solve problems that other people haven't been able to figure out. And that brings me so much joy. And the balance of that is the risk. There is so much risk in entrepreneurship. But for those who really love taking risks, enjoy the thrill of high risk, high reward, entrepreneurship is a great option. I remember assuming the worst case scenario. I really did think I would lose my career. I remember just thinking, you're already Mexican and Indian. You're already a bit different. You can't also be gay. That's too much. I thought I would lose everything. And I was so, so wrong. The opposite happened. I gained everything. My friends like me more. I'm more successful at work. I hope now as a leader to create an environment that is really inclusive, where people can really be themselves, because I know the difference. I am a different human. I'm a different leader. And if we can give that to other people, it's fantastic. It should be wrong sooner because we'll learn from it. We'll move on. We'll take on tough challenges in a, in a very different way. Well, Consumer's Boss, we took it to another level of keeping the consumer in the room so that we would make sure that we weren't spending time on things that really didn't matter to her. And we'd always ask ourselves, if she was sitting here, what would she think about what we're worrying about or spending money on? Would she find it valuable? And that was just a great way to really cut through through a lot of things. It really forced us to not spend time on things that didn't matter to her. It was very, very important to be surrounded by highly qualified, highly integrity people. There is a saying, it's better to sleep well than to eat well. Going to sleep, knowing that you have done the right thing night after night, that has no price for that. When you don't do the right things, maybe you are eating well, but you are not sleeping well. Being able to grow, surrounded by high integrity people, and thoroughly been able to make a big difference. If you get the opportunity to take an internationally based assignment, get there as quick as you can. You will not regret it. You're going to have to work a little harder than you might have to in your home country. Getting to know the people, getting to know the culture, really giving yourself over to that in a way that says, I'm not just here for an assignment. You see your own country through somebody else's eyes. What a pivotal time from a professional standpoint, from a personal standpoint, from a spiritual standpoint. It was just an amazing experience. Some people get really intimidated by the idea that, you know, the CEO or chairman just sent me an email. I'm not here to judge. I'm here to discuss, brainstorm, be creative, talk about what's possible, better understand it. What's the best way for us to participate, consistent with our values and our purpose. One of the things that's really powerful is when somebody in my position is transparent enough to say like, look, I don't know everything. I will make a decision. I'll look for the information. And then when we make the decision, I'm going to hold us accountable. But I love an organization full of thinkers, creators, and then people that aren't afraid to be accountable for ideas. In events like this, the thing that you remember the most is the care that you receive. We need to be very attentive to how people are personally managing all of these situations, helping them in the most emotional part and helping them with the sessions. You have to be decisive, keep on giving windows of certainty to people because it's that combination of being caring while being decisive. When you have 
decisions taken, you feel secure and it gives you freedom. I really believe life is about chapters and chapters are chances. When you finish a chapter, you don't stop. It's not the end of the book. You start the new chapter and the new chapter has a whole set of possibilities or chances and then you make choices. Man, that sounds like it's going to be a really great year. Some really great guests. I can't wait to hear from some of those. Uh, didn't you hear them already? You literally edited all of them. There were so many learnings from leaders. Oh, well, but the important part is that for each conversation that you'll hear, you're going to learn about these incredible guests, their career moments, the lessons learned, and some fun facts. Speaking of, I think we need to do a little round robin ourselves. My favorite question to ask all of our guests is the advice that they would have for the next generation of leaders. So we're supposed to be giving ourselves advice? Well, I mean, in a way, that's kind of the point of the podcast. It's part of why we started it is like, let's have these really cool conversations that other people might want to learn about. So let's do it here, right? What about you? What advice would you give to the next generation of leaders? Well, I mean, of course, listen and subscribe to the PNG Alumni Podcast, Learnings from Leaders. Get it wherever you get your favorite podcasts, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcast. That's our advice is plugging our own podcast. Do you have anything else? I do want to add one more really important piece of advice. Thank you. Yes. You should rate the podcast and leave a really positive review because Scott Galloway and Kara Swisher and the Pod Save America, we're coming for you. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that settles it, right? So listen, subscribe and rate the podcast. And be sure to share all these learnings from leaders with all your friends, whether or not they worked at PNG. And that's our show. Like what you heard? Please subscribe and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform. For show notes about this episode, links to things mentioned, or requests for sponsorship, visit pgalums.com slash podcast. Follow us on Twitter at pgalumpod. We'd love to hear from you. Learnings from Leaders is a production of the PNG Alumni Network, a global nonprofit founded by former PNGers committed to community, enrichment, and philanthropy. With more than 45,000 registered members worldwide, the network connects alums through global conferences, local chapters, industry events, and online content. Our nonprofit foundation supports economic empowerment communities around the world. To find out more, visit pgalums.com. Now here's a preview of next week's episode. The last recommendation I wrote on the brand was shut it down. Long story short, I decided this place isn't going to move fast enough or reach high enough. So I submitted my resignation letter. We bought a home in Connecticut. Wow. I was headed off to go to work. And it was funny. The vision manager tore up my resignation paper, sent me home and said, I'll talk to you over the weekend. And so in a series of conversations, I came to the point of view that if you don't want to step up and be the change you want to see, and try to make things better, you're running away from things. So I decided I wasn't gonna run away. I was gonna do everything I could to make myself better, make our teams better, help make the division better. It was a huge decision. That's it for this week. I've been Roman Segel. And I'm still Andrew Tarvin. Thanks for joining Learnings from Leaders, the PNG alumni podcast. We'll see you next time. <laughs>